I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know which part of that song stuck in your mind most. It may be the part about his grace holds us now. And so we give thanks to him for that. That's God's part in our lives. But there was other lines in that song, some very important lines which were repeated multiple times were lines about I surrender. And our scripture that we're going to read now is about surrender. We are reading in 1 Corinthians, so we're going to, to be reading in chapter 9 in just a moment. And the point of all of this is, what's important in your life? So that's what the Scripture is going to ask you today. It's what it asks me as we read it. It's what really is the focus of your life. Or as a line from my favorite movie says, what do you got here that's worth living for? So what is it that you're living for? I know it's bad grammar, but that's okay. That's what this scripture is about. Paul is going to use as an example to try to press the point home. He's going to use as an example athletics. And he, he's going to talk about the focus, the discipline that is required to excel and to win. And he says, what do they work so hard for? For a prize that isn't worth much and that perishes. In their culture, it was a, a wreath of laurel leaves. So you get this this tree branch that's wrapped around in a circle stuck on your head, and that's your reward for all of the work that you did. <clears throat> so I have some trophies. I got my first trophy when I was about 12 years old, and I thought, well, that was pretty fun. All these people applauding and clapping and saying, you, uh, you excel. So, so I decided I wanted more trophies. And so I worked hard. These are not all my trophies. I have boxes of them in my basement. <clears throat> but I thought I'd bring one. So last night we opened the box to see what was in it. I didn't know what was in which box. So, so I opened, opened the box. And so the big trophies require a lot more. So I had to focus and work hard. And there were things I didn't do that maybe my friends wanted me to do, or maybe sounded good to me, but you can't do just everything that comes into your mind if you want to get trophies. So the big ones, the more expensive ones, required a lot more work than the little ones, and a lot more focus. So, so they're all kind, here's the first one. That's the one that started it all, right there, yep. I was surprised that day, didn't know I was gonna get a trophy at all. Got that one. They, they come in different sizes. Some, that one took an awful lot of work. Uh, here, here's a nice one, you know, that. So, so, and you know, when I was a kid, trophies were made out of wood and stone and metal. None of this plastic stuff. My goodness, that's just trash. Do all that work for a piece of plastic. Some of them were smaller, you know, they, they just come in all sizes. There's more in there, but who cares? You know what's going to happen to them? See, I'm cleaning out my house. You know what's going to happen to them? In first service, I said they're going to wind up in a landfill. That alarmed some people, I heard. 
I heard there was quite a discussion back at the back of the church. Instead of listening to the sermon, he can't do that. <laughs> Those can't land in the landfill. And then somebody told me that, that um, um, uh, Special Olympics will take them, and they take your name off and put somebody, they reuse them. So I think instead of the landfill, they'll go to Special Olympics if they really want them. So there were, there were, there were trophies. There were ribbons. There were blue ribbons. There were champion ribbons. There were not blue ribbons. There were all kinds of ribbons. There were, there were, so here's a whole box of this kind of stuff. There were medals, gold medals. They weren't all gold. So, you know, so there were all kinds of, I worked to get the prize, denying myself certain when I die. They don't, nobody cares. And the people that gave them to me, they don't even remember I exist. They mean nothing. It's just a memory in my mind. That's all, that's all the meaning they have, is a memory. They belong in the landfill, except Special Olympics wants to lead some other folks down that road, so I'll give it to them and let them, because there's enough stuff in the landfill already. And that's what Paul's saying. He says, what is the focus of your life? There are so many people who exert great effort, not small effort. They work really, really hard to obtain the prize that just belongs in a landfill. It's not important at all. So I'll give you an example. To be an Olympic gold medalist requires a lot of self-sacrifice, don't you think? So, someone works for years, denies themselves all kinds of things so that they can get the gold medal for the downhill skiing, and they win by five hundredths of a second. Do you know how long five hundredths of a second is? I don't, but it's not very long. So they are the best in the world on that hill on that day by five hundredths of a second, and they gave their life for that. How many of you know who got the gold medal for downhill skiing? Either the man or the woman. Last Olympics. Anybody here know it? That's what they gave their life for. And they worked hard. And we watch and we applaud and we say, oh my, their athletic ability is just astonishing. And it is. But what does it matter? What does it matter? And that's what Paul is saying in this scripture. He says, what matters? What matters? Yes, there's God's part, but what matters to you? That's a part of your response to God's grace. So let us read. We're going to start reading at verse 24 in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, where the scripture says, do you not know that in a race... All the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So he's talking all about focus, self-denial. He's talking about self-discipline. He says this, this is a part of the life of a disciple of Jesus. Jesus called us to be disciples and to be disciple-makers. That's why the mission statement of our church talks about us being a church of disciples who are making disciples of Jesus. So what's a disciple? It's a disciple, somebody who every few weeks will show up at church on a Sunday. Does that make a person a disciple? That's not what the word disciple means. The, disciple, the word disciple means a whole lot more than that. Jesus knew exactly what disciples were. He had 12 of them. He had chosen them himself. Disciples were people who follow a master. The master is their teacher. And what they intend to do is to to be transformed, for their lives to be transformed, for their character to be transformed, for who they are to be transformed, so that when people see them and the way that they live, people will know, oh, look, they are like their master. This is who their master is. I can tell by the way that they live. They are no longer the people they used to be. It's like somebody who decides he's going to to win the gold medal in the 100-yard dash. He doesn't say, well, you know, I'll jog every three days for a mile, and then I'll show up at the Olympics and win. Well, he might, but he'd be a fool. He'd be so disappointed, wouldn't he? Because those people win by fractions of a second as well. They're the best in the world, and they have spent years honing and perfecting their skills, working practically every day, the exercise, the strength training, the knowing how, how long a stride to take, all kinds of ways they have modified the way they ran when they were just a kid having fun. Because just a kid having fun doesn't win a gold medal at the Olympics. They had to be transformed, and they knew it. And what Paul is saying here is, you have to be transformed. Yes, er, yes, yes, always yes, yes to everything about the grace and mercy of God and that Jesus did everything necessary for us. But remember what Jesus said. He said, if anyone would be my disciple... They must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And all serious athletes know they have to deny themselves. And it's not always fun, you know, no pain, no gain, all that kind of stuff. So, so he, Paul says, being a disciple in many ways, it's like being an athlete. Where's your focus? Are you just casual about being a disciple? 
Or is this the focus of your life? Do you really believe, we sang the words, maybe you were just singing them because that's what we were doing. Maybe you didn't sing at all. Did those words mean anything to you that we sang? Because all of those words were words of, this is my focus, I'm committed, I'm willing to deny myself, I'm going to desire my, I'm going to deny myself my own desires and let those be replaced by the desires of the Master Jesus. That's what all this surrender stuff's about. That's what disciple is all about. It's about saying, I am not like Jesus. But I know that's what he wants to happen in my life, so I am willing to let him take hold of my life and change it. Now, the fact of the matter is, there are times in our lives where we say, I could use a little bit of change. That would be nice to have some change. But what Jesus is talking about is extreme. Because... We learned very well when we were rebels against God how to live according to our own desires and let that be the basis of our decisions, our lives. Have you seen, have you seen two or three-year-olds playing together? This one sitting here has, maybe they don't play together, they play beside each other. This one has this toy and is playing. That one has this toy and is playing. This one decides, I want that toy. This one says, I'm not going to give it to you. And so this one grabs some kind of toy and hits them over the head. You did it yourself. I know you did. <laughs> and takes away the toy. Why? Because I want it. I don't care that his head hurts. Teach him to say no to me. Little kids know it, that's, and that's the way we have lived. That's, the way, that's what sin is. It's living according to our own desires. We call all the shots. It's just whatever I want, whatever I want. That's, that's what's going to be the focus of my life. And Paul is telling these people, see, these are new Christians. We've been reading through. They've written letters to Paul, and, and they've said, we need help here, here, here. They're just stuff. We don't know what to do. And Paul's answer always is, you need to be changed. You need to let go of being the one in control and surrender, even if it costs you. You just let go and give love and mercy and grace to people. That's, what he's, that's basically what his answer has been. It's what his answer was to the question about husbands and wives. It's been the answer. Every time his answer has, has he, he makes it specific for the situation, but the answer always is, let go, quit trying to win and assert your rights, surrender and let Jesus be the one who directs this process. Let him change you, your character, your personality, what you want. Let him change you. That is what the word repent means, you know. Repent doesn't mean, oh, I'm sorry. 
it certainly doesn't mean, oh, I'm sorry, I got caught. Now, some people get that confused. There's nothing wrong with sorrow for sins. That, I'm not saying that. But that's not what repentance is. Repentance is a traffic word. It means change directions, go a new way. So you can repent of driving north on, on East Henrietta. And what Jesus meant when he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. He says, now is the time when God is pouring out his spirit, when the rule of God is arriving, in contrast to the, all this self-willed stuff that is so destructive here on this world. And he says, so I am calling you to repent, to live in another way, to be changed and transformed. Stop living according to what you want and what the people around you want, and instead, live the will of God. Not just when you get together with me and listen to me teach for a little bit, he says, not just when you go to synagogue and listen to them read the Bible, but when you go home, the way you treat your spouse, the way you treat your kids, the way you are at work, the way you treat your neighbors, the way you interact with everybody, live the kingdom of God way. Let Jesus transform you. Deny yourself. Now, folks, we, lie, we want lots of stuff. We have a lot of self-desires. And every desire we have is not bad. He's already talked about that. He did. They were talking about food and what you can eat and can't eat. And he said, these desires to eat this food are not bad. But we talked about that before. We won't do that sermon again today. So desires, all self-desires are not bad. But if we're a disciple of Jesus, we say, it's not about what I desire. What do you want? And sometimes he desires the same thing that we would have chosen, and it's, we say, oh, that's a wonderful blessing. And sometimes he desires something to be transformed and changed in our lives, and we say, oh, this is really hard. No, it's still a blessing. It's still a blessing. You know, sometimes it's hard. So that Paul says, what is your focus? You say you're a follower of Jesus. How much? How much of a follower? That's his message today. Is it just when it suits you? Or are you a follower of Jesus? If you're going to be a follower, it takes focus. It takes discipline, saying no to some things. And that's going to frustrate not only you, it's going to frustrate some other people. Did you mean it when you sang, I surrender to you? When you confessed your sins and asked for forgiveness, when you were baptized, did you mean it? when you said you renounced the devil and all of his works and Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Did you mean it? That's what Paul's telling these people. And sometimes we need to just stop everything 
and get really, really honest and say, how am I going about deciding the direction of my life? Am I really a disciple of Jesus? Have I denied myself, taken up the cross? Am I following Him? And I know most of you, and that is the intent of most of us that are here. But, honestly, I intend to run every day. Do you think I do it? Can you tell? I've got real nice running shoes. I use them sometimes. I intend. And Paul's saying, quit intending and do it. Are you going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly? That's what you said. Where's your focus? Let go of all that other stuff that's a distraction. Follow Jesus. So let us pray. You pray right now. Did, did the Spirit of God talk to you about anything? Talk to Him right now. Give Him your response. Jesus, you are full of grace and mercy. You don't give us what we deserve. You give us what we don't deserve, love. All the time. You may transform our lives in any way you please, and we will trust you. we will be your disciples. The worship team is going to come and they're going to lead us in a response. This response is a prayer, so let us continue to pray as we join with them in this response. Let's stand together.